I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White, and I blog almost every day as Noni, which is short for anonymous, over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share the completely honest and never-ending story of my personal deslobification process. As I get my own house under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Uh, This is podcast number 59. Uh, If you listened to last week, you know that I'm not even going to try to make some mathematical statement about that um, because I don't... Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk about two very different homes clutter histories. Speaking of specifically my home and the home of some friends of ours who got married around the same time and were close couple friends. And so we've just kind of, you know, been in each other's homes a lot. And honestly, you know, just kind of comparing how they've built their home and their relationship with stuff versus us and just the, anyway, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, but before I do, I want to, um, just kind of get, I guess a book review sort of of a book that I read recently. It's a memoir. It's called coming clean. And, uh, I think it's, at least the last time I checked, it was like two ninety nine for Kindle. It's a traditionally published book, so you can get the hardcover as well off of Amazon um, or softcover. I don't know. Anyway, for you know, I don't know, well over ten dollars, but you can get the Kindle version for two ninety nine. At least last time I checked, and um, it's it's called Coming Clean. It's a memoir, and it is written by a woman whose parents were hoarders. And so she grew up in in the 80s um, as the child of, she's the only child of a a couple who were hoarders. Now, technically, uh, the father was the one with the major issue, uh, but it was very interesting to kind of see as she told stories, basically of her mom taking on a lot of those characteristics, um, which... You know, personally, in my own journey of being extremely crazy messy, I ruined so many roommates over the years. You know, they would say, oh, it's okay, because I'm super neat. And I will, you know, I can handle it when I would say, you know, I'm really kind of messy before we lived together. And, and, uh, and then over time, they would just give up, you know, and it was just interesting to see, you know, just kind of that progression, but very, very um, well written, extremely well written book. Um, and it was, I, I, it's a full length book, you know, it's not my ebooks are, you know, short and sweet and to the point and all that. But this is like a full length read it like a novel. It is a novel, basically, even though it's, you know, a memoir. Um, but I read it in just a few days, because I, it was fascinating to me. But it also just, you know, broke my heart at so many points. And, 
I'm not saying at all. I, I know every time I say this, people get their undies all watered up. But I see how I, I feel like I understand how someone becomes a hoarder, you know, and I know it's a mental illness. I know it is, you know, I, I mean, I get all that. I get that, but I get it. You know, I mean, I have been through times where at least certain parts of my home could pass for that. You know, um, thankfully, it, it, I've never gotten to that point, but I really empathize or sympathize. I can never remember which one is the one where you really get it. Um, I, I get it. You know, I see that. And so some of the things that she dealt with as a child, now her parents or her father was a full on, you know, full on hoarder. And I, I, I say was, but I, you know, I know that, um, her parents are still alive, that she's modern, you know, she's younger than I am. Um, but it was just so interesting. But the two things that really struck me was the love in her family, the love that her parents had for her. And the pain of them that they experienced knowing how this problem was affecting her life, but also her extreme love for her parents, even though it was something that was an embarrassment to her, a frustration to her, they still lived their life. You know, I, I honestly, this week I've thought about it because my breakfast table, we had stuck one of the laptops on there, I think, because my husband was working on something. And then the laptop being in there, I would check it every once in a while over the weekend. And, you know, and then some other things got set on that table. And so we moved, we've had dinner the last two nights on the dining room, last two nights on the dining room table, just because it was cleared off where the breakfast table wasn't. And I just thought about that. And I thought about in the book, she talks about, you know, even when it would get cleaned up or they would start fresh in a new home or a new place. And it was just kind of that creep of using this space until it got covered up with stuff and then stopping using that space and moving to another until it just kind of creeped all over until they're just using this teeny tiny space. Um, like, you know, eating dinner on, the, the bed in the master bedroom, because that was the only space, you know, where they could sit together. And, you know, just, I know what that clutter creep is like. I don't know what it's like to that extreme. I'm not saying that, but I know the small increment of moving from one place. And then that place, I don't, I don't know. I know people get really worked up over, you're not a hoarder and you don't understand. And I'm like, you're right. I am not. But I really, there were, there were little things throughout that book that just made me go, yes, I get it. Like, I get how that happens. I get, I get this. I get the fact that they would clean it up or they would go to a new house and they would be so excited and things are finally going to change. And the dad would work so hard on, you know, he would be hiding his stuff that he was hoarding in the garage instead of in the house. And eventually it just crept into the house. And then once it was in the house and then it, you know, once it creeps into this area, then it just grows and grows and grows. And I'm like, 
I get that, not to that scale, but but I get it. You know, I mean, I I can see that happening. I can understand it. Anyway, so it's just very very interesting to read it, to see this love that they have. You know, she as an adult would go. I don't know. It was every couple of months or something. She would clean their apartment from top to bottom for them. And then it would just go back and it would just go back. And I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can see, you know, I don't have that to that degree at all, but man, it just happens. you know. <laughs> so anyway, I know those of you who get upset about this, I'm sorry, but I really do recommend that you read this book. It is very good. So uh, I will have a link to that in the show notes for this podcast number 59 at uh, a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S just scroll to the bottom. And um, if it's not specifically linked on there, then uh, just go to see all my podcasts here and you'll be able to find it. Um, I'm going to use my Amazon affiliate link for that. And so if you do decide that you want to buy this book, Coming Clean, a memoir, um, I just would ask that you click through my Amazon affiliate link. What that does is it does not change the price in any way for you on Amazon, but I earn a small percentage of the price that you pay to Amazon. I also earn a small percentage of anything else that you purchase that day, I think, you know, on that trip to Amazon. So if you happen to be in the market for like a large screen TV or a new refrigerator or something, it'd be so great if you purchased that after you clicked on that little link for the two ninety nine Kindle book. But anyway, um, just so you know, that's how that works. Anytime that you're going to Amazon, I do have a um, little Amazon search box in the sidebar on a slobcomesclean.com. And I would greatly appreciate that because that's how I get to call all this crazy stuff my job. So, um, okay, so I'm going to talk about my own clutter history. Um, I, as you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but uh, I grew up in a home with my mother who is a collector, but most, but by no means a hoarder. I mean, she's definitely a collector. She loves, and I don't mean collections of fun things. My mother is practical Peggy. I mean, she is absolutely the most practical woman you could ever meet in your entire life. So, uh, but she is practical and prepared and she's got everything. I, you know, talk about how she grew up on a farm in Oklahoma and it was a long old drive to get into town. And so you didn't, um, you didn't run into town every time you needed something. You couldn't just run to the store when you thought of if you needed sugar or whatever, you better have everything you're ever going to need for any situation that could ever possibly occur right there in your house. Um, so she's was always prepared, is always prepared, is always very practical, thinks through every last thing you could need on any type of situation. And, uh, but she keeps it under control. So it's all very organized. She knows where things are. Um, you don't walk into her house and think, wow, this place is out of control. You don't even walk into her house and think, oh, there's too much stuff. You really don't think that because she keeps it great. It's under control. But, but she passed down to me this idea that I had to have everything I could possibly ever need. Um, but I did not inherit this ability to keep it under control. So that's been a big part of my own um, uh, deslobification process has just been realizing I can't handle the amount of stuff that I was brought up thinking I was supposed to have to be 
prepared for life. You know, I can't handle that. And so kind of finding that, that, um, happy place for me of this is the amount of stuff that I can handle. So this is the amount of stuff I need to have. And sometimes it's hard because I, you know, I, I've talked before about that decluttering regret of you get rid of something and then you do need it later and you think, oh, you know, and, but over time, the more I live with that, you know, experiencing that, wishing I hadn't gotten rid of something and then going to the store and getting it and realizing it really didn't break the budget for me to have to buy it again or realizing, okay, well, man, it would have been nice to have that, but it's not like I'm, you know, my life is ruined because I didn't have it and I made it without it just fine. Um, just changing that mindset of what it is that I need to have. But that has a lot to do with my own clutter history. And I will, you know, I've said this before, I, that's my only regret. And it's not a resentful regret by any means, because I am so appreciative of, of my parents and, you know, how they brought me up. But that's the only thing I, I wish would have been different is that I wouldn't have started out with so much stuff. Okay. Um, so I had, I went to college and, uh, I've talked before, even just going to camp for six weeks to work at a camp that I worked at as a teenager, taking five humongous full suitcases, um, on a plane, (laughs) but along those same lines, I mean, when it was time for me to go to college, I, we shopped like crazy. My mother thought through every last thing I could possibly need. She sent me to college with a sewing machine. I did not sew. I do not sew if I'm honest with myself. I have two sewing machines in my garage right now because in my mind, someday I'm going to learn to sew or if I ever get around to making those throw pillows that look so easy when other people do them, you know, if I ever get around to doing that, I'll be so glad I have a sewing machine or two to do it with. Uh, But, you know, she sent me to college with a sewing machine because when she went to college, you know, that's kind of one of the differences. She really is the person who gets those things done. She really did make her own formal dresses in college. Great. I didn't know how to sew, you know, I mean, I'd sewn a few things with her over the years, but I didn't know how to do that. Now I actually amazingly used my sewing machines in choir, um, in choir, in college because of choir. Um, the first year when I was in concert choir and we traveled and we, you know, made our set, I sewed the black curtains. Now it was like one strip, uh, to make a little thing that would, you know, let a bar th- uh, thread through it. But, you know, I used them and then I used them to make costumes in college for theater. And I mean, I can remember I actually did use these things. So that used to be one of my things that I would say is I'm like, well, I may have all this crazy stuff, but I always do eventually use it. Yeah, except that my house was a wreck and I couldn't have anybody in it. So, um, but so, you know, I went to college with that. I came home from college, moved back in with my parents for about six months between the time when I graduated and when I moved overseas. And um, in that time, I had a storage unit. So here I was living just fine. But in my mind, it made sense that I have a storage unit full of my stuff because I'm living with my parents and I'm going to need that stuff once I set up an apartment because I had lived in an apartment my last you know, year of college. And so I did have quite a few apartment related things, even though I did not have uh, couches or a table or anything like that, but I had enough stuff. So enough boxes full of stuff to fill all the way to the ceiling 
one of the smaller storage units. You know, it wasn't the biggest one they had, but one of the smaller ones. Well, my husband and I got married uh, right after I moved back from Thailand. Uh, I moved, I, I, you know, I couldn't justify having that storage unit. And he had found an apartment for us before I moved back. Um, so I hadn't actually seen it, but he had gotten one that uh, had a, a den. So it was a one bedroom den, which was really more like a two bedroom, but they didn't call it a second bedroom because of the way the bathroom opened onto it. And that was the only way for guests to get there was to go through this den to do that. But it was basically a bedroom. And, you know, it just seemed logical to me to bring all my stuff out of storage and bring it to the apartment and put it in that room, that extra room that we had. So that extra room we had was filled to the ceiling like the whole entire room was filled with boxes of stuff that I wasn't even sure what it was anymore. I just knew it was stuff I, I had to have, you know, I had to keep. And then not only that, I also had boxes lining the walls at least probably five or six feet high, maybe not five or six, maybe three or four feet high worth of boxes lining the wall in the dining room. You know, so that was how I started my official adult life. You know, if we don't count my time after college when I lived in Thailand, because that was, you know, different in that I had moved over there and you can't exactly haul all your stuff over there, but I'd stored all this stuff. So it was, it was all in storage for two years while we lived in that apartment. It wasn't even being used, like not a single thing in those boxes was used because we had everything we needed to live our normal everyday life just from what we'd gotten for our wedding. You know, I mean, we'd gotten a new toaster and a food processor, and I think we used my grandmother's old microwave. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects. So many 
projects, taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. I do have to apologize. My fire, um, alarm or whatever it is, is beeping. I took the battery out and it's still beeping. So if you hear a little chirping, I'm sorry about that. But so I had this, I had all this stuff and that, that was basically how I started real life. You know, the real life where you feel like, okay, I'm being settled, but I didn't feel like I was settled yet. And so I was waiting for that time when, okay, well, once we have a real house, then I'll have room for all this stuff. Even though I knew that I already had a toaster packed away in there, plus a toaster that was my husband's before we got married, plus the really nice toaster that we got for a wedding gift, you know, even though I had all those three things, it just didn't make sense to go ahead. (laughs) Why would I go ahead and get rid of all this stuff when, and we got this, we have this room where we can store it and we're not really settled yet. Well, once we bought our first house, um, at that point, uh, I told myself, if it doesn't have a place now, then I need to get rid of it. And so, I tried and I did get rid of a ton of stuff, but I kept bringing things in because I still had that shiny object syndrome like, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. That looks cool. And I wouldn't think about where I was going to put it before I brought it home. And this was in my days where I was really getting into going to garage sales and, you know, getting things for dirt cheap, all these great and wonderful deals, which um, in that book, Coming Clean, that is a major mindset. Um of her parents is these great deals and these things that other people would throw away, but they could see the value in it because surely it could be fixed someday. And then it just becomes like this big old pile of it. There was really so many things that I went, Oh my goodness, I can relate to that. Um, So bringing these things uh, into my house, a big problem was that I didn't think what I was going to do with it or where I was going to put it before I brought it in. I just brought it in because it was cool and it was cheap and it was neat. And then I would get it home and not have a place for it and it would just turn into clutter. Um, But I wouldn't see it for that because I would keep thinking about in the future when I figure out what to do with that or, or, you know, where to put it or something like best way to use that, how to fix it, whatever. Um, So then we ended up moving to, um, the town where we live now, but our home did not sell for about six months. And um, we tried for maybe two weeks for my husband to go ahead and live here and me to be at the house that was on the market with two little boys. And that was really bad. So we made a huge financial decision to go ahead and rent a small house here. It really wasn't even that small, but rent a house here while um, our house was still on the market there. So at that point was when we got a, we rented a U-Haul, which 
I guess if you don't live in the U.S. and you don't have those, it's a like U-Haul, like it's a big moving truck that you rent it for yourself. Anyway, and you drive it yourself. So we got the biggest one that they had. I mean, we got the biggest one we could possibly have. And I'm, I'm sure there were even bigger ones, but it was the biggest one that we could get. And it was for a house that would have, um, for a 3000 square foot house. Now the house that we were moving out of was 1,752 square feet. Okay. So I know that that's an estimate and I get that, but if we're going by supposedly, however they calculate things, we should have been able to put our stuff from our home into that U-Haul that was meant for to hold all the stuff for a 3000 square foot house, we should have been able to put it in there and we should have been worried that it was going to slide around because it wasn't full. Instead, we filled it completely, like totally completely while leaving behind in the house, a full-sized couch, um, the master bedroom furniture, which was, um, a queen sized bed and dresser and, um, nightstands. We also left behind our dining room table and dining room chairs because I had another small table and chairs that we could use in our rent house. Now keep in mind that in the house we were moving from, we only had one dining area. We didn't have a formal dining room. Now we have a dining room and a breakfast area. We didn't have that there. There was no other place for a table, but for some reason that I don't even remember what it is right now, we still had a table. I think it was the one that I had bought in college. Okay. So I did have a table in college anyway. So I had that. Um, so we'd left that behind. We'd left, uh, the crib, my, um, you know, we didn't know how long it was going to be. Uh, we'd left by, we, um, my one, he was almost two at the time. And so he slept in the pack and play until he moved into a real bed soon after we moved into our rent house. But, um, you know, so we left basically an entire home full of furniture. And I remember going up there to, you know, check on the house or do whatever it was. I was directing a play at our old church and they'd, you know, hired me to come back and do that. So I stayed in our house. Um, and I just remember thinking, oh, I sure love the house like this. It just feels so good. And, you know, I could just really move around. <laughs> just really, it, it felt so nice when it had just the the bare minimum of furnishings. It had everything we needed to go back and stay there. But we had everything we needed in our rent house. Plus, I mean, everybody had a bed to sleep in other than the, you know, the two-year-old who only had a pack and play for a little, you know, a couple months. Um, but we had everything we needed to eat dinner, to you know, sit and watch TV. We brought the love seat and another chair. Um, you know, we had our beds to sleep in. We had everything we needed in this small, smaller house. Uh, and the entire garage of the rent house was full top to bottom, just a path to go from the door inside the house out of the garage door. Cause we couldn't park in the garage. So out of the garage. So there was only a path to go through. So the entire garage was full. The walls of the living room were piled floor to ceiling with boxes. Um, there was, the boys were sharing, this was a three bedroom house. The boys were sharing one of the bedrooms and, uh, the 
third bedroom was my eBay room. You know, I've talked before about my eBay problem that I had. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful for it because we did need the money desperately at that time. But, um, but you know, that, that's basically how we lived. Meanwhile, we had an entire other house full of furniture. So we got, we filled up the 3000 square foot house. We filled up my minivan. I mean, 3000, yeah, the U-Haul that was supposed to fit the stuff that would go in a 3000 square foot house. So we filled that up and we made that first move. Then we filled up my mother's minivan and my minivan came back down. Every time we would go up, we would bring another minivan full. And then when we were done, we still had another minivan full of stuff to bring back after also renting another U-Haul. Again, I don't think it was quite as big as the one for 3000 square feet, but still. So it was ridiculous how much stuff that we had. Um, And then when we moved into this house, just right across town, I think the people who came to do our move, which we did pay someone to do that, um, they had thought they were going to have a pretty easy day because it was an in-town move. And instead at 1130 at night, they were still working because there was so much stuff just to bring over here. They had to do so many trips. It was crazy. So we moved into a house and it was all about purging. That, that That's my clutter history. I have never been at a place where I was bringing in I feel like I've always been at a place where I was pushing stuff out and trying to get rid of stuff, you know, and then we lived in this home right now. I have a really fantastic room. It's my favorite. I mean, honestly, it's the room in my house now where I'm like, this room makes my house cool. We didn't even use it for the first several years that we lived here because it was my eBay room, even though it's much larger than any bedroom. That room was completely full of stuff. That's what it was for. That's its purpose. Um, when I finally cleaned it out, I felt like I added, I did add major square footage to my home, but I was always in a place of removing stuff. I was always thinking I had to save up for when I needed it. And then as the time came and I realized I've got way too much stuff, I was always in a place of having too much stuff and always in a place of having to push stuff out. Now I'm going to compare that to my friend's who um, are great. He's written a a guest post probably two years ago now, um, you know, just kind of talking about the difference in my home. You know, he's one of those people who like, well, he has, he's opened my master bedroom door and just, you know, anyway, these are friends from college uh, when they were just dating and we were all part of the same group of friends. And then after college, uh, they've become great cup. My husband didn't go to college with me, but we've all four became good friends. So become good friends, whatever the grammatically correct way to say that is. I'm not in the mood right now for grammar, but, um, but anyway, so watching what they did instead, okay, has been very interesting to see our homes. And at first it was weird to me, but we would hang out in each other's apartments And our apartment was cramped. We had a bigger apartment than they had, but our apartment was cramped because we had so much stuff in it. But it all made sense for me in my mind to have so much stuff because I, you know, I mean, this wasn't our permanent home. So we need to go ahead and keep it to see if we need it in our permanent home. Um, Where their apartment, I can remember lounging on the ground specifically because they didn't have a lot of places to sit. They had one couch and that was it. And then they had no table and we were at their house and they were like, yeah, we've kind of looked at a table. So a friend of mine, 
another friend was getting rid of a table. And I said, Oh, my friends, you know, they, they could use it. So, you know, they, they got their old table. Well then, um, so they had a table. Yay. That's great. And then we went over a few months later and the old table that our friends had given them was gone and they had a nice new table. And they're like, well, we bought a new one. I was like, Oh, what'd you do with the old one? Oh, we just donated or gave it away or whatever. And I remember thinking, not that I thought it was bad. I just remember thinking, that's so weird to me. Like, I think I would feel, you know, like maybe I, I needed to keep it or something because these people had, had given me their table, you know, because then I went to the the other friends who'd given the table and they're like, oh, are they enjoying their table? And I had to say, well, actually they, they got rid of it because they bought a new one. But the point was that they were going to live without a table and be just fine. I mean, when you don't have kids and you just can sit on the couch and eat, that's great. Um, but you know, they were going to live without a table for as long as they needed to until they saved up to get the table that they really, really wanted. And sure, it was great to have something temporary, but they viewed it as completely temporary because it wasn't the one that they really, really wanted. And so they used it until they saved up and got the one they wanted. And then they went ahead and just got rid of the old one. And this was all very foreign to me because remember, I'm the one who has the old table from when I was in college, plus the new table, plus who knows how many other tables I had, you know, I mean, it, it just was this it was weird to watch it. And then, you know, we'd come over and I would specifically go, Oh, wow, you got curtains. You hadn't had curtains before. And they're like, yeah, we finally decided the kind that we wanted. And they would say things like that. And I would think that's strange. Why didn't you just get something, you know, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta just have it. Right. Um, and then, you know, we'd come over and they had a new chair and it was like, oh yeah, there's a new place to sit. This is awesome. But we had just as much fun when we were all having to, you know, the guys were sitting on the floor because there wasn't anywhere to sit, but we still had a great time in their house, you know, and there was room to, I don't know, there's room. There just was room. I remember there always being space in their home and little by little they added things. And every time we'd go to their house, I would see, you know, and this was when we moved a little farther away. We didn't see them as often, but it was like, you know, we'd go to their house and I would specifically notice, oh, wow, I love this new TV stand. Yeah, we finally found one that we liked because it also combines blah, 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 whatever. You know, so just watching them add one thing at a time as opposed to feeling like they had to start out with everything they could ever possibly need and then pare down from there. That's the difference. And watching their home, which I mean, you know, obviously we have different personalities as well, but watching their home always seem under control versus our house that it's so much better now. Oh my goodness, we've made so much progress in the last five years. But, you know, it always, (laughs) I still sometimes feel like it's just kind of right on that verge of explosion. You know, I mean, like, okay, so we're doing good right now. But at any moment, anything that happens, it's going to be a big old explosion. You know, it just because there's just less stuff. I mean, when you have fewer things, if there is an explosion, and of course, I'm speaking metaphorically, but if there is an explosion, then less stuff makes a smaller mess than more stuff having more things that you don't even know what you're going to do with anyway, that explosion is huge and overwhelming, you know, so it's just been an interesting thing. So I, in many ways, I've 
tried over the last several years as I've realized my personality lends itself more toward minimalism. My personality needs to have less stuff. I need to have less stuff for me to function. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So when I, I realized it about myself, I'd start looking at what they're doing as not being weird, but as being something that I can learn from and say, okay, we can live without until we get just the right thing. You know, this kind of goes along with when I talk about, um, just decluttering, not feeling like you have to organize. That same mindset that I used to have of, okay, well, if I need to get organized, then I need to run to the organizing aisle in the store and start buying bins and all the different things I might possibly need to get organized. And then I bring those home. And then it just kind of becomes this big puzzle and sticking stuff in different places and it doesn't quite work. But instead, if I will just declutter and say, I'm not going to get organized, I'm just going to declutter and just remove the things that I don't want. Then I live with that space for a while. I see, okay, I only have in this bathroom cabinet, the things we actually need. We've got deodorant, we've got shampoo, we've got just what we actually need. I don't also have, you know, every who even knows? I mean, you can go look at my posts and see all the kinds of random crazy things I found in my um, bathroom cabinets at different times. But if I only have the things that I actually need in there, and I live with it that way for a while, then I start to get a very realistic picture of, oh, okay, you know what would really be something that I actually need? Because I've noticed time after time after time that I really needed this item, I could really use a, I don't know, Q-tip holder or something. You know, I, I could really use this. And then living with it with just the stuff that I need for a while helps me see what kind of organizing solution is actually going to work and is going to help and not just add to the clutter. So that's what they've done with their house as a whole is just living without, living with just the bare minimum. I mean, yes, they had a couch. They had this old green couch. It was actually, somehow they make it like cool and funky where I'm pretty sure if I had that exact same green couch, it would be totally embarrassing in my house. I don't know. They're way cooler than me. But, you know, they had this one green couch. So yes, technically, they had a place to sit that was all that they needed. They had 
a couch to sit on and they could eat their dinner on that couch and they could read a book on that couch and they could sit and talk on that couch. And if they had guests, well, then the guests could sit on that couch and they could sit on the floor. And that was all that they absolutely had absolutely had to have. They didn't have anything extra. And then over time, they started to say, you know what? It would really help if we had a chair over here as well. Okay, well, let's look around until we find just the right chair because we're fine living without it. I mean, it, you know, maybe it's a little inconvenient. Maybe, I mean, we wish for that chair. But I think it's that realizing there's excitement in waiting and dreaming and thinking about, you know, thinking through stuff. There's excitement and, and that's fun. I mean, you know, you're waiting for a big vacation. Half the, like for when we go to Disney, I mean, that half the fun is in the planning for me personally. I love the planning part and the thinking how everything's going to work and just, you know, because that's fun and that's exciting. But when you go ahead and just get all that stuff, because, well, I just I get, get it, get it, get it. And then I'll decide later what I'm actually going to use, which is so how my brain works. Like, well, let me just go ahead and get this and I'll figure out later because later is like my favorite time period and it never actually happens. But anyway, um, but waiting for later until, until I'll actually figure this out. Then there's the purging. Purging is painful. Purging hurts. Sometimes it hurts physically and emotionally. It's, it's exhausting to purge versus the excitement of waiting to get something. Okay. I am going to stop there. I think, um, let me go see how long I've been yakking. Oh my goodness. I've gone over 30 minutes. Okay. Um, I do recommend that you read that book coming clean. Um, I think it's very interesting, um, and I, it's very interesting to get the child's perspective, the child's perspective on, you know, worrying about not letting people in their home, the child's perspective on, you know, feeling frustrated with the parents for letting it get this way, but at the same time, loving them so fiercely it also was interesting because um, she, the author grew up in the time where I think maybe when she was a teenager or, you know, early adulthood is when um, the term hoarding kind of came into the culture. You know, before that, she just thought that they were the only ones and just how much that encouraged her to realize, okay, there are other people who live this way. There are th- you know, resources to help and all that. And so it's very interesting just to kind of see that. And that, I'm not a hoarder. Um, I do have some real slob issues, which you can see from the before, many before pictures on my website. Um, but it, it helps. It really does help to know, okay, this is a legitimate issue. This is not just me who struggles this way, okay? It's not just me who feels like I've got to have everything I ever need and 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 then now I have to struggle against that because that did not work out well for me. You know, I mean, just that sense of community, I think, is really important. Um, as I've said before, uh, my decluttering strategies that I have developed I've developed because I had to get rid of so much clutter. I mean, you know, I told you basically how much stuff we had square footage wise and everything compared to the size of our home, which the home we live in now is, I don't know, 
maybe about 2000 square feet or whatever. So it didn't have, it flat out does not have the room. So I feel like I am still constantly just purging, 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 purging. And because I've had to work my way through so much stuff and through so many emotional issues of, you know, going against what I naturally think I need. Um, that's how I've developed my decluttering strategy. So I'm just advertising my ebook, Drowning in Clutter. It's all based on my own personal strategies that I have developed working my way through my own clutter. And not to diss anybody who writes about clutter that doesn't personally struggle with clutter, but it's different. It's different when you're dealing with your own stuff. It is super easy for me to see why my husband shouldn't keep something. But it's real different when it's my stuff and I have my own reasons that maybe I don't even understand why it is that I feel like I can't let go of this. So that's what I've had to work through. And that is um, those strategies that I developed are real life, real person, real clutter bug strategies that I've had to develop. So um, those are in Drowning and Clutter and I will, that is, you, yeah, there's a little add on the side of the website at aslobcomesclean.com, or uh, I will link to it within these show notes. Thanks so much for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye.